This week on the Meg Rock Show, I was able to sit down with Ben Harris. He's known as the fear guy. He's a fear alchemist and intuitive guy. We talked about so much good stuff. We talked about how delusion is is really the world that we live in and how when you align with what you want in life, you can either be realistic about it being limited or realistic about it, it being expansive. So when people say, oh, what you want in your life, that's not realistic. It's all delusion. So where are you focusing your belief and your intention around what is realistic to you? You guys, this interview was so freaking powerful. He dropped some major bombs. I had so many aha moments. You guys are going to love this episode. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self-love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f*** you are. Let's rock this out. Welcome, Ben. I'm so excited to have you. I cannot wait to hear everything you have to share. I mean, we were just casually talking before, before I even hit record, and I'm like, oh my gosh, our listeners are already missing out on so much good stuff. So you are you are the fear guy. You consider yourself to be a fear alchemist <laughs> and an intuitive guide. I want to hear I want to hear kind of your life story, um, the highs and the lows, and how how you are where you are today. Well, Meg, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's just like, whew, like I can feel it. We're just just aligned and ready to blast off. But um, so the life story, the base, the most important thing I can say is for me, I believe that I, I believe that I chose to come here for a reason, and I believe that everyone, you know, has a reason, or they, they elected to come here for a specific reason. And so my reason is fear. That doesn't mean it's like I'm not overly attached to the identity of the fear guy, right? Like that sounds cool and it's like sweet, it's catchy, makes sense. Um, but it's like it's going to evolve and transition into other things. Um, are you a fan of like Marvel movies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so have you seen the third Thor? No, second Thor. Um, or is it the third one? I, I probably have, but I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But the reason, the reason I, think I know about it is because of kids. Perfect. So the third one, how old are your boys? 15 and 12. Okay, perfect. So yeah, it's like right there. But, um, so in the third Thor is actually the villain comes, it crushes his hammer. So, you know, his hammer is supposed to be like invincible, but she like crushes it with her bare hand and it like you know, defeats him more like morally. <laughs> right. And like, so he's about to like die by her. Like, she's about to kill him. Then he has like a flashback um, with his dad and his dad. Um, I guess it's not necessarily a flashback. It's like a current vision that his dad is with his dad, like in this field and his dad is dead. But um, he tells him or Thor is like, yo dad, like she's more powerful than me. Like I'm about to die. Like, I'm not as powerful as you. And he's like, Thor, he's like, you don't need the hammer. He's like, he's like, the hammer was the vessel for you to channel your power through. And at that moment, something clicked with him and it was just like immediate, like, so, you know, God of thunder, Thor. So he then channeled all of that thunder through his body and defeated the villain. Wow. 
So for me, why I love that parallel is because it's exactly, I think, how a lot of us treat it, right? It's like fitness or business or family. Like there's that hammers our identity if we think of like, this is what makes me important, um, which it does. It doesn't mean it doesn't. But why that's so powerful and awesome is because of us. So that means we still can wield the hammer and whatever weapon of choice. <laughs> it's like, but um, so that's how I view purpose or that's how I view work or any other identity. It's like, yes, it's fun and it's cool and we can wield it and use it, but that doesn't mean it's us and that doesn't mean it's the powerful thing. And another thing people attach that to like social media, right? Or even for me, like I've done that with social media and like podcasting, it's like like getting your worth through that thing, right? So um, that doesn't really answer like my life story, but for me, why I feel like that's important is just because um, I just know that. And I feel like everyone else knows that they might not know what their quote unquote purpose is or their Dharma or their reason for being here. I think they do underneath fear and conditioning. Um, so that's, I'll let you, we'll breathe for a second. And then if you want, I can come back to <laughs> the life story. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I think that, I mean, I, there's so much of this coming up right now. I mean, we've been talking about 2020 and I still feel like we're in the thick of it in 2021, but there's so much fear around, around letting that knowing of who you are and what you truly believe, Mm -hmm. the fear of letting it come to the surface because we've got people watching us from every possible direction. We've got family, we've got community, we've got our household, we've got friends, we've got social media, we've got, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and without going into too much detail, because I know you're crazy spiritual and you can totally agree with where you can totally, I totally, this totally will resonate with you. You can identify with what I'm saying, but at some time, sometimes I feel like I'm suffocating because I am so authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm becoming more authentic to who I am every single day. And there is so much fear and illusion and inauthenticity around us that I do feel alone a lot of times Yep. because I'm not going to be controlled and manipulated by fear. I'm not going to be told who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to look at the world. I've always, I've always looked through the lens of my soul and now I'm just the time of my life where I'm talking about it. But so many people Mm. feel that way, but they're afraid. They're afraid to say, I don't agree with this because this doesn't feel good to me because I'm not going to, you know, go along with that societal programming because it's what Mm. I'm supposed to do. I'm not going to join the club and the rallies and, and the ranting on Facebook because it's what I'm supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's crazy. Like the energy is so freaking intense right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's intense. And that's why um, this work, I mean, so for me, so I found the fear niche actually at the, literally at the very beginning of the pandemic. So I sarcastically and also seriously say the pandemic happened for me. Um, but I think anyone could say that about anything. Right. So I believe that's going back to the point of like, I chose to be here. It's like, I believe every single moment is preparing me perfectly for the next moment. So with the pandemic, right, is I just view life um, 
as like a paid internship, especially right now in this in life, I'm just gathering evidence. I'm gathering data, research experience because I am living in my purpose, but it's like you said, it's going to continue. It's, it's not, it's like just barely at the beginning. So, um, I'm just like in my, like, I guess research phase mm-hmm. and I'll always be learning. But, uh, why I say that is because yeah, it's like, so I got off track, but I posted something yesterday actually on Instagram that said demonizing any idea or belief reveals you're not free from it. So what that means is because there's the fear of both, right? Of like, let's say for the example of someone believes a religion or any other devout system. And then they feel at that point, which I've seen plenty of people do that they have to turn against it because what the psychology of it is, I have to say that this thing is wrong or else I'm wrong because so they have to say this thing is wrong. So they feel like less of a fool. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's why you feel anger and resentment is completely understandable. It's not like, it's not your fault. You're not doing anything wrong. But the ironic thing is that's actually by you continuing to hold on to that fear and um, anger and resentment towards that thing that you felt controlled and manipulated by is now still controlling you and manipulating you. Yes. So the interesting thing is that's what fear does. So what I have found is fear does the exact thing that it's trying to protect you from. So if people are trying to like stand in their truth, but they don't say their truth because they have a fear of being judged or like they don't want to be rejected by people. So what do they immediately do? You reject yourself before someone else can. You have a fear of being a disappointment to your family or your coworkers or peers. You immediately disappoint yourself. You have a fear of failure in business. So you fail yourself before you can find out how it's how fear works is because it's so the psychology, the biology and me, I believe the energy and energetics of it. Um, it acts, it's, it's very, it's there to protect you from harm. So that's why you will self like mini self harm. Um, for people like me and you, like there's definitely like big T trauma that you can do in this arena, but even for people who have lots of love and success and their life is pretty good, you subconsciously sabotage or like mini self harm because it's like, I would rather like quote unquote fail small because I don't want to fail big or I don't want to be disappointed big. So I'm going to disappoint small. So that's, it's like, I've seen this in relationships like with myself too of because I don't want to get hurt, I'm not going to open up all the way. So that minimizes the hurt that I feel, but that's not getting what I want. So I'm afraid of being hurt, but I'm actually hurting myself in the process. Wow. That's powerful. And that's fear in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. That is fear in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Well, I know that you, uh, that you started with a music career and you had to experience some of the, um, the opinions of others being a musician. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know that for sure, so many people struggle with other people's perceptions of them. So for me, so behind me, there's a book called the 50th law. So when I was 19, my friend gave me this book. So I'm 30 now. My friend gave me this book at 19 and we had already started jumping into music. And, uh, and when he gave me this book, have you heard of the book 48 laws of power? I have not. So it's 
it's a book about like power control and manipulation, but it's like, it shows you how to do it, but it's like based on history. And so it also helps you be aware of like when it's happening to you. Mm. So some people are like, it's the devil. And then some people, you know, it's like, well, it's not the devil because it's education. That information is knowledge and wisdom. So, you know, like the whole ignorance is bliss mm -hmm. argument, you know, but, um, so that book, so this book is like a sequel to that. It's an easier read with the rapper 50 cent. And so the author, Robert Greene, basically is like, okay, this is the quote unquote 50th law to the 48, 48 laws of power. Um, and what it's about is just fearlessness. So the trend that he noticed in uh, 50 cents life is that how fearless he was. Um, and I don't side note, I don't believe in being fearless. I don't think we can necessarily live without fear, but it's, I agree. It's being brave, right? Like that's the definition of brave and courage is like you feel it and you do it anyway, but you can still apply that mindset of like, what if fear didn't exist because fear is an illusion too. There's, a dis that's a discussion for like duality and stuff. But, um, so with rapping specifically at 19 with this book, it just clicked for me of, Oh, it, I just, it just clicked. And so I started doing everything I was afraid of. And, um, so I would go, what we started with, we used to go, so I'm from Salt Lake city and the basketball team, Utah jazz in the winter, on the weekends, we'd go downtown because Salt Lake is pretty empty, you know, <laughs> like in the actual downtown area. So you have to wait for like a sporting event and the streets were packed cars, you know, bumper to bumper. And we were terrified, but we did it intentionally and we called it fear fighting. Um, we actually like did a song about it and all these things. So we intentionally sought after things that we were fearful of. And so we would go into people in the streets and we'd ask like, Hey, can we rap for you? So we'd freestyle. Can you give us a word? And, um, like we would knock on car windows. I'm not sure if that's a good idea nowadays, but we like knock on <laughs> car windows and like random people in the streets. And, uh, and then like I entered, I remember entering. So one of my first performances, I think I just graduated high school and a friend invited me to perform at a birthday party, like kind of like a, like younger than 21 club, like 18 to 21, kind of like pre like this cheesy thing, you know? And I remember being booed off stage, like, <laughs> so was like, but for me, the interesting thing was of what happened of being booed off stage and the same thing in other ways of life. And we might get to this later, but of like when I invested a lot of money and I lost the money for whatever reason, I'm able to tell myself a story in that moment. And so like I got booed off stage, of course, that doesn't feel good. And like, I start to stumble and stutter and like f forget my words and stuff, feel embarrassed. But then like probably like after the party was over pretty quickly, I was like fired up because I was excited to write a song about this. And then like I was having hindsight before hindsight, whatever, I guess foresight. <laughs> like, so I was essentially like pretending I was my future self looking back. Wow. And I was like, how do I want to respond? And how cool is this going to be when I'm on stage rapping to hundreds or thousands of people about this? And so, and then a couple of years later that happened, I was rapping to a sold out crowd of a couple hundred people, um, rapping about that same circumstance. So it came full circle and then later, you know, performing for thousands of people. So that's, you know, like for me, 
just being able to tell a fun story about it and to serve me and to benefit me has helped a lot. God, that is so beautiful. That is so powerful. That is so powerful <laughs> because I mean, as a spiritual person, like we know, like life is, you know, happening with you. It's not happening to you. Like mm-hmm. a lot of this, we already mapped out for ourselves. Yes. You can, you have an, an energetic responsibility, how you move through your life, but some things are already planned out and yep. all of the things, but for you to recognize that for yourself and to go, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is cool as shit. I just got booed off the stage. Like what a freaking opportunity and experience yeah. for me to turn this into something amazing and to see it as opportunity. That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's not even like, it's like, it's spiritual. Like when people talk about spiritual or energetics, to me, it's all the same. Like I can yeah, talk to whoever it is. it is. I can talk to about whatever, but to me, that's just, extremely logical yes like to me to because everyone's living in a delusion mm-hmm. so to me is like one of my favorite things to talk about is like when someone tells you to be realistic so because i definitely had that right like when i started rapping they're like ben like you're a middle class white kid from salt lake like what are you doing <laughs> you know and um and it wasn't good at first like honestly like we sucked and, but that's, you're supposed to suck at the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but for whatever reason, like, I just like tuned it out because I was, I loved it so much. And, um, like when people told me to be realistic, like when they, like, to me, that's such an, it's an interesting thing because no matter where you want to say like dream big or be realistic, those neither has happened. Right. So even if someone is telling you, Ben or Meg, be realistic, it's like, that thing you're telling me to be realistic about also has not happened. So you're also being delusional. Mm-hmm. So do I want to yes. be realistic about something that's going to limit me or something that's going to like expand me beyond my comprehension and imagination? Yeah. Right. So it's, I think it's funny and ironic when someone tells me, Ben, be realistic. It's like, yo, that has not happened yet. So that's also in your imagination. So you're also doing the exact thing that you think you're not doing. So why would I not imagine something and envision something, even if it doesn't go the way that I think it's going to go, this is going to keep me on, like, keep my momentum going. Profound. Like (laughs) I'm mind blown right now because I've always said that, like, as you know, as a manifesting coach, I'm like, the universe is not aligned with what is realistic and it, it aligns with what you believe. That's why there's stories out there that are cool as shit, like <laughs> miracles and blessings and synchronicities. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. What are the odds? How unrealistic It's because the universe doesn't work that way. But you just explained, you explained it in a way I've never heard. And that was just like, I'm mind blown. That was amazing. You're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly right. It's all a delusion. Yep. So it's a matter of what you want to put your your belief in your realistic mindset in mindset in is it about limit or is it about expansion yeah it's all it's all a delusion right so it's like what delusion do you want to believe in yeah freaking crazy that is that's mm-hmm. amazing okay so so you were you had this music career and then you got into business and you got involved in investing in cryptocurrency crazy crazy <laughs> successful yeah and then all of a sudden you wake up like what's the story it just went boom so um i like the way you ask these questions it's cool it's like obviously you know you, you've done research but also i like 
just just giving you props and hype for like how you ask it it's cool um so so i mentioned because i know you're i think this is before we recorded right yeah you're, you're in atlanta and i said i spent yeah. a year in south carolina so originally from utah um i spent so i was at a company with 50 people i started when i was so 19 there's customer service 50 people in the company and then by the time I left seven years later, there were like 1500 employees. And so we went from like a hundred million in revenue, which is actually a freaking ton for 50 people <laughs> to, yeah. to I, we went to like 1.5 billion in revenue. And so, um, it just blew up. So for me, I was very fortunate that I was a somewhat responsible young adult that they just gave responsibility to, because when you're growing so fast, you just kind of like, who's semi-responsible <laughs> and, <I was> like, <laughs> and so I didn't even at the beginning I got my first promotion just because my supervisor asked me to be um I didn't even apply for it um and that was one of those moments where I was like scared but also just like oh yeah like I'd love to be a leader you know and um I had no idea what I was doing made lots of mistakes for sure but I learned so much in the corporate world like similar to what we said at the beginning about demonizing past like I don't even believe in demonizing corporations like um i mean i believe corporations can do a lot of them could do business differently and more human friendly and individualized but but like anyway what, what what i'm saying right is like a lot of even entrepreneurs are like leave the nine to five it sucks and i'm like yo it gave me exactly what i needed mm -hmm. um so like because again i took advantage of similar to um being booed off stage, I realized that I was in this growing company. So I took advantage of every opportunity I could. I applied that same fearless mindset. Um, and so I actually started after music was over because my focus, I wasn't that great of a leader because my focus was on music. And so I was kind of like, this is like, I went, music was my life. Like that, I believe that was my purpose. And then once I transitioned, I went back to school and then I put my focus back in work and uh, I got promoted, I think like four times in a year. And, and then I just started taking advantage, taking advantage of like growing these teams. They'd put me on teams that sucked. I'd turn them around, like acquiring different businesses. So it gave me so much experience on like how to coach people. Like one of the best coaching programs. I haven't, I don't, I've never said what this was, but have you ever heard of inside out coaching? I have not. So, um, but anyway, so what it was, it changed my perspective of coaching because like when I had employees, I was like the weird boss who like our 15 minute follow-ups would turn to like an hour talking about their life because I always was like, I wasn't profit first. I was like people and I was like, I want them to be happy. Like that's what's important. Like that, I'd always just knew that but I still wanted to be the best. I always wanted to have the best team and perform the best at the same time. Like to me, they weren't separate. They weren't mutually exclusive. Like I could do both. And, um, so shoot, where was I? Anyway, grew with this company. Oh, inside out coaching. So that taught me how to ask questions. So I was, I've always been an inquisitive person listening, but that gave me the experience of questions or the best answers come in the form of questions. So, right, is like, because now that has formed into like, oh, I, I believe that everyone already has the tools and truth inside of them. 
like I'll give you the business and tell you something if you just can't see it and you need to hear it like straight up. But for you discovering the answer for yourself is the most powerful thing because you already have that, right? You just need to be asked the right question. So I spent years developing that skill and then that's what helped me has helped me a lot with coaching. Now that's a lot of people like that is like how I hold space and how I ask questions. Um, instead of just like, here's what you need to do and go do it. And then see you next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, so through that, I got recruited to, um, a director level at another finance company and I accepted the job. Um, and then simultaneously, so this was the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, um, a friend approached me and offered like this crypto, um, if people know like what crypto, like farming or staking is, but it was basically is like a crypto fund. So I would put money in and I'd receive Bitcoin back, which if, you know, like at that time when we invested, you know, it was like three or five grand. So if it would have paid off now, definitely would have been a millionaire, but it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so I was like, but that's the whole point of it all. But even this, so I invested the money, it started going really well. And I spent seven, seven, eight years at this other company. I only spent seven months at this new company because I just felt like no matter the money, no matter the title, just my heart isn't in it. And so fortunately I had the crypto again, life happening for me. So I quit my job. And shortly after I quit my job, I did have some money saved up and like accruing, but my initial investment of 40 grand had been lost. So I was like an oh shit moment, you know, like, what are we going to do? Like I'm on borrowed time now. And fast forward a few more months, it was beginning of 2020. And, um, I remember filming a video. I started driving. So I left South Carolina because I knew my heart wasn't there. It wasn't like I got exactly what I needed. And I was just driving West with no plan. I, like I just was go, being guided. And I stopped in Austin, Texas, where I live now. And I was at a friend's apartment. He let me live in it for a couple of weeks because he was gone. And I remember filming a video. Um, I still have this video. It's like on Instagram too. I filmed a video in February, 2020, where I actually said, I have no money. I have this debt, but some reason I know it's going to work out and I filmed it. So it was proof. <laughs> and then what happened a month later is I had my first retreat. Um, that definitely helped inspire some things within me, but the pandemic happened. I found out, um, through some help and just, um, divine guidance that fear was my thing. And so I immediately rebranded my business. It was something completely different into fear coaching and I signed four clients my week that first week. And then since then it was just boom, like it felt so good and clear and it clicked and it's taken off since then. And it feels so good and aligned with me. So even back to losing that 40 grand, right? I wouldn't be here if that didn't happen. I'd probably be on a beach somewhere still doing a semi successful business that didn't really do much. So again, right? Like being booed off stage, whatever you want to, or losing the money, it's all so beneficial. And I, even back to like telling myself a story, I told my friend who also invested money with me that I was like, yo dude, like I know I'm losing this money so I can learn how to make this money, but something like in my purpose. So like, I know I'm losing it so I can like be set up 
to know how to make it in the way that I'm supposed to, not just passively, which that's awesome too. And like everyone should hopefully try and do that too. But like it put me in a place of surrender so I could um, allow and feel surrender to my purpose and then serve the collective in that way. Breath. Incredible. Well, and so many people are, you know, they're afraid to take risk. They're afraid of a failure. They're afraid of rejection. They're, they're afraid of it all. But it's like you just said, like when you're willing to step out and do things that make you nervous and things that you are unsure about, you don't see like, you know, what you, what you desire with the outcome, but you don't see the actual outcome until it happens. And they're so afraid of those things. And really, and truly, I mean, and it's, there's quotes and everything you buy. There's all these like catchy <laughs> phrases. I mean, the shit's yeah. everywhere, but it is so true. Like you can't experience your true calling and the best, highest version of yourself if you're so afraid and handcuffed by, by the unknown. And that's really, that's really where you step into your purpose, you know? And I I swear it's like every five, 10 years of my life, I'm doing something new and I'm just going to freaking do it. And you figure, and you figure it out as you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing good is created from, it goes back to like our delusion, right? Our illusion or delusion. Nothing is created from the known. Nothing is created from the known. Mm-hmm. Like you, right? Is like that magic that you seek is in the unknown. Yeah. Which is fun. Thing, yes, for sure. And the other thing too, it's like, you know, as humans, we want to control and manipulate and know everything, but that's not, that's not what we're created for. And I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care. Even if you're a master, I consider myself to be a master manifester because I've gotten really good over the years at figuring out what I desire and energetically aligning with it. But I don't care how, how good of a manifester you are and how freaking dialed in you are. It doesn't matter what you ultimately want and how you map it out and think it's all going to happen. It never happens that way. So it's truly <laughs> about surrendering to the idea and the thing that you want and allowing it to happen in the way it's supposed to happen versus trying to control yeah. every single piece of it. Do you know what your human design is? I do not. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later, but, um, that's interesting that you say that. Cause even as like a master manifester, that's cool. I love how you bring that up. Um, and why bring in human design? Because there's something in human design that says whether you're specific or non-specific. So for me, I'm a non-specific because I'm someone like I used to love goals and I still do. Like I'm one of the biggest dreamers, but they constantly evolve and change like all the time. And so, yeah, to me, it's like, it's, it is this balance, right? It's this fascinating duality and nuance of, I'm going to set these intentions and goals and, but also being open to just being surprised. Like one of my affirmations or invocations right now is I take aligned action and let the outcome surprise me. Mm. So I was like, I'm not taking action because some people do take it out of fear and that's not bad because honestly, some good things can come from that. But overall, long-term, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm taking aligned action that's true to me. And then I'm going to let the outcome surprise me because I know it's better than I could conceive or dream of. 
That is so powerful. So powerful. And I mean, yeah. and look at, look at the, look at the coaching business that you've built and like all the surprises that just, that are just <laughs> every single up thing. And all, <laughs> yes. And I mean, the synchronicity and the sign that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know? It's like, if I, if I, Ooh, I like this, I might have to like write this down, but like to control is to limit actually. Right. It's like, yeah. If I were to try to try and control it, I would be no like 5% of where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe send me that. <laughs> I'll, need to, I'll need to write something about that or do yes. a video. Because it really is, It's and control is all fear-based, right? And it's mm-hmm. nothing's wrong with that either. So if you've noticed a trend, I would say like nothing is wrong with you. You're doing exactly what you've been trained and conditioned to do. So if you think something is wrong with you, which is a common trend for sure, that will keep you in the loop of like mm-hmm. victimhood and shame, which only makes it worse. So it's like, no, I'm doing exactly what I've been trained to do. Like up until this moment, I've done the best I know how to. So with control, why we do that is because it makes us feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. Which again is fear, right? Is I don't want this to happen. So I'm going to trick myself to think that I'm really controlling it. So I feel okay. But really is like you, we do have control, but we don't have control. So yeah, it's like this interesting and I definitely believe what you said about, yeah, like not the fear of taking risks really is a fear of failure. I started mm-hmm. writing something about that yesterday, like even debt, like, mm. right? Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Because let's talk about people... money, energy and debt. That is so <laughs> powerful. Because even for me is like, cause I used to be like, cause for me, money has come pretty easily most of my life, um, which I'm grateful for. But why I believe that now looking back is because I've been aligned and I just have felt trusted and taken care of. Even as a kid, like my mom raising five single kids, changing jobs, we, we moved a lot. We had to like on food stamps and stuff. For some reason, I like I felt that stress, but I also knew it was going to be okay. This interesting balance. But um, yeah, it's like people have been conditioned that debt is bad and period. But when you realize is like the most successful and wealthy people actually leverage debt, right? The same thing of like what I was doing, like I was investing 40 grand, which turned into the best investment of my life. Right. But like, it was like, how do you get a real estate like loan? Right. Is it's like, you're getting debt. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you, a business loan debt? So it's like, to me, like debt just has such like a bad word. I like to use like investment like mm-hmm, personally, but also it's like, of course you can over be over leveraged. You can take out a credit card and only buy clothes and like max mm-hmm. out 10 grand in nonsense. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, if it's something that's truly aligned, like again, going back to the aligned action, not acting out of fear, but acting out of, I just like to ask myself a question. Like, does this make me feel energetic? Does this make me feel light? Does it make me feel excited? Does it make me feel free? Does it make me feel expansive? If I get a yes, then that's the thing, right? If I just feel eh about it or I feel heavy or if I feel constricted or dark, then I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, and money isn't real. It's it's so fascinating, right? Like what I learned from that investment is like it was extremely easy to get 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, 40 grand just appeared on my bank account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like what it was just like numbers on a screen and then also making money through Bitcoin. Like I was literally doing nothing and I was just making hundreds and thousands of dollars. 
mm-hmm. by just by leveraging money. So that's what money can do, right? Right. Um, and some people will tell you that's like, and yeah, I believe it's like even some financial investors or advisors, like they're doing their best and they're doing what they're supposed to do. But again, it goes back to like, how do you want to live or how do you want to think? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like you're not going to lose money or you're not going to be disappointed. But it's like, even for me recently, I took, this is kind of a wild thing, but I don't think it is. I took money out of 401ks because it's like, why would I want to make like 12% on average a year on my money and wait till I'm 65 to take a million or two out when I know I can make a much more higher yield and ROI on my money on my own, like Mm -hmm. investing that in my business and stuff. So it's like, it just depends on your risk tolerance. Like I am extremely like, I'm just whoop. like, if it feels good, I have no question, you know, investing hundreds or thousands of dollars, um, because it's worked, but I know that's scary for some people. And it's like, well, you had money. It's like, no, I didn't have money, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it's, it was a slow build of working in finance and man, I've seen people do quote unquote dumb things with money too, mm-hmm. but I never did that. Like I never, but that goes, that's a whole other conversation, but I'll mm-hmm. let you chime in. Oh, yeah, no, we could be, we could be here for days talking about all of this because yeah. it's, it's like, just, I get so excited talking about it. And, and I was raised like in a family of, you got to work so hard for your yep. money. Do you know how hard it is to make a living? You know, this is what you're yeah. going to need. This is what you're going to need. This is what you're going to need. If you really think you're going to be able to like actually do things in your life, like you're going to have to go to college and money doesn't grow on trees. And I mean, all of this, saving money for a rainy day, like all of the mm-hmm. things. And now that I know what I know, I'm like, that is the worst thing you can do <laughs> in your family is to raise your family in that kind of environment. Like I want our kids to have a good work ethic. And I have no doubt they will because they're being raised by us. But I also never want them to go through life thinking they can't afford something. Yeah. Should they, should they tap in and say, does this feel good? Does this, you know, does this make me heavy or just make me feel light? Like those are the, those are the conversations that they need to have with themselves. But I, you know, I just, I believe that. And I know that so many families are so, so many kids are raised in environments that are so programmed to think that way that they, they can't get themselves out of it because it, it's really what they've been taught about themselves. And they really yeah. feel like they can't afford stuff and that life is always going to be hard and making money is going to be hard. And, and I truly believe money does grow on trees. I believe that opportunity is mm. available to me at all times. And I'm just waiting for this prizes to land in my lap. And that's, that's the way I look at my life, but totally different from, from the way I was raised and my mm-hmm. grandparents and those generations, which, I mean, they went through the depression, you know, the great depression and all of those things. But, um, but I'm sure there were people in the great depression who didn't struggle like other people too, because they were aligned. How are they aligned? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so other people's look- struggles and realities don't have to be yours, no matter what's going mm-hmm. on in the world. I'm, have you read the book Think and Grow Rich? Yes. Love that book. So, right. I mean, it's like that book was published in what, like 1940? Yeah. Yeah. The late 1930s or early 40s. Yeah. So it was right after the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. And so that's just like a proof of not like, yeah, it might not have been on social media. It wasn't as popular, of course, Mm -hmm. but there's always been people who have been thinking differently and abundantly. Um, we just, it wasn't on like, I guess it just wasn't like marketed. Yeah. 
-hmm. So like it's always been in existence. It's not a new thing. And even like what with I am learning or teaching or embodying, it's like I don't think it's new. Like I don't think it's like exclusive to me. It's just like, oh, like we are just learning it or remembering it. Absolutely. And the successful people throughout history have all tapped into it. They've all they've all understood it. Amen. Crazy, crazy good. Well, we literally could be here for hours. I'm not going to do that to you. So I'm so <laughs> excited that you came on. Tell me, um, tell our listeners how they can connect with you, what you offer. Yes. So Meg, I think, so I know we'll talk about this after, but I'm doing, um, do you know when this episode will come out by chance? Oh gosh. I think August. Okay. Like so, so way after. Okay. Um, but anyway, after this is recorded, I'll tell you something for your current peeps potentially. Um, so my offerings, so they range. So like I do retreats, so in-person retreats with people, which is one of my favorite things in the world. And I do breakthrough sessions. So if people like, if they feel like they're just kind of stuck and they need just like, like, oh, I'm just right there. I just need a little something. Then we can break through that or like mentorship where that's truly like I'm being like debilitated and I really want to like completely revamp my relationship with fear. I work with that with people too. So one-on-one -on -one things um, in we're recording this in June, 2020 and I have an offering a group coaching thing coming out. So those, those just come as inspired. Um, and I just like everything I'm learning is usually reflected later in some type of event or offering in like the grand scheme of things just because i know people are being it's weird it's crazy like so far in the past year and a half everything like, i've learned it's like this brick by brick like so many different aspects of fear from like the psychological the biology of it to like yeah the money scarcity and then like energy and spirituality and like beyond and power and purpose like it's just i'm learning and expanding continuously how it's literally everything you not doing anything you're not doing is always fear-based mm -hmm. if, if you're not doing or feeling or embodying whatever you want to be doing the reason is fear and i just i keep learning that and it's wild to me because i'm like i'm open to being surprised and i'm just always surprised that it's the root of it is fear <laughs> excuse me <laughs> yeah exactly and every step of our life it's literally about embracing what's gonna come next and not thinking too much into what's coming next yeah it's an interesting balance mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. it really is it really is okay so what is your social media um yeah they can just search me instagram the fear guy website is feeling-free.com and i have a podcast called feeling free Perfect. Well, this was amazing, Ben. I'm so excited to call you my friend and, um, and we, and we <laughs> yes. will do this again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was just like a, like, what do we call that? Just like a zap. That was like, whoosh. That was like a vortex of awesomeness. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, seriously. I'm mind blown. I was taking notes while you were talking. It was so freaking good. If you thought today rocked, Subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review, and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. 
for more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to manifestingmarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.